Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 434, recorded live on October 17th, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man who's most likely going to have a pleasant weekend this weekend, Dave Pillay. Hi. And the man who may or may not have a pleasant weekend. We'll see. Andy Lowe. Hi. What? Well, depends what's, on how the What's the weather in Detroit? Yeah. What's the weather going to be? Uh, it's going to be 34 at the start of the race. Yeah, but you're racing. Yes. Like, your your body temperature goes, like, up a lot. Yes. Yes, it does. But it's also cold. Muscles do not react well to cold. Well, that's just silly. They should do the race on Monday or Tuesday when it's in the 60s. <laughs> That would be nice. I, I feel like I feel like the weather's just giving me an F you. This weekend it's going to be cold. As soon as the week starts, nice. Fuck you. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to say. You're running a marathon. You should expect to be able to do it between 35 degrees and 85 degrees. Yes. Yes, you should. We'll see somewhere, how it goes, though. Somewhere in there is what you will have to do. Would they, like... If it dropped below freezing, would they cancel it? I'm not sure. I know there's requirements that they have to cancel it if the temperature gets above a certain amount. Like, if, if it's too hot, then they will actually cancel the race. Because they want people to die of heat stroke. Yeah. But, but what fr- about frostbite? I'm, I'm not sure. From the stories I've heard from other runners, most of the time, people just run. Like, I mean, I've, just, I've, I've, I've seen... You just pit- start with gloves and a hat, yeah. and then after, like, 45 seconds, you take them off. Well, normally it's about mile three or so when people start ditching the clothes. Wait, what? Man, I gotta start going to marathons. <laughs> There are people who actually go and buy clothes at like Goodwill or Salvation Army or something that they have no problem like taking off and then throwing at the side of the road. And just leaving it there? Yeah, and then normally people will go through and they'll just pick up all the clothes and actually like donate them back again to the... (laughs) Take them back to Goodwill. Yeah. That's awesome. I take back my statement because I know I'm thinking about the uh, variety of people who run marathons and the ones who are more likely to do that sort of thing. Why? Normally it's the actual, like, smart runners who have been running for a while who do that sort of thing. So they're svelte, is that the right word? (laughs) Okay, good looking. Is that what that means? Toned. Slender and elegant. So I was thinking, yeah. Yes. Svelte. Toned, toned, I think is another. Toned as well. Toned would work as well. But svelte, svelte just sounds fun. Svelte. Svelte. It's Yiddish, isn't it? Uh, Italian and French. Mm Okay. Early 19th century from French and from Italian... Uh, Svelto. Svelto? Yes. Weird. Yep. I thought it was Yiddish too, actually. <laughs> Sounds like a Yiddish word, right? Yeah. I, I guess you need, like, to throw in a K to make it Yiddish. Just a K in there anywhere? A silent K? Somewhere. No, well, I don't know if it needs to be silent, but... <laughs> Svelk? Svelk? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you have you've a lot of good K Yiddish words. Kibitz, kvetch... I'll take your word on that one, since okay. I, I, I know just a handful of Yiddish words, so... That's about what I know, too. What? I don't know Yiddish. Aren't you, like, supposed to learn that or something in Hebrew school? No, you learn Hebrew in Hebrew school. You just learn Yiddish from your mother? Mm-hmm. Okay. You learn Yiddish from your family. You learn Hebrew in Hebrew school. I'll have to remember that. My grandfather was fluent in it. Well, near fluent. He could hold on a conversation. I'll have to remember that. I don't know why, but okay. So yeah, that's, uh, yeah, my weekend is just like relax and rake the lawn. Um, have you tried the new Mountain Dew flavors? There are new Mountain Dew flavors? Yes. Crap. 
It's uh, sorry to go on this one, but I actually have one in front of me. That's why yeah. I came to mind. And we have to talk about food. I mean, that's just right. I mean, it's it's food and and sports. By the way, Michigan and Michigan play, State play today. Yes. Uh, what? Why is there a Mountain Dew black label? Uh, I don't know. Okay, what are the flavors? Because I don't see them on their website. Um, the fuck is Dew Shine? Dew Shine is their uh their throwback Mountain Dew. Throwback without uh, food coloring. Yes. Okay. Basically, I do believe so. Um, it's there's a citrus cherry and there's a berry lime Mountain Dew under the the Game Fuel label. Uh huh. Because they're they're promoting uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Three. Okay. So I finally got a, a chance to buy one of the bottles. I have the berry lime. It is actually quite tasty, but as Kate would say, um, it's because it's blue. <laughs> Anything blue is tasty. That's what it seems. It seems I enjoy the color blue in my food. So whenever I make you food, I will just put, like, blue food coloring in it? If you think about it, with the Mountain Dew, I like Baja Blast. It's kind of a, a slight... That's a, that's a green. It, it's a bluish green. It's a green. It's a bluish green. Fine. Voltage is most definitely blue, and this one's also... I don't even know how to just... It's, it's more blue than Baja Blast, but it's not blue like Voltage. Right, okay. So... You know what might be fun? What? Second Thanksgiving, putting food coloring in the mashed potatoes. Uh... I'm not sure. You don't think so? It's not like it's going to change the flavor. Although I guess if you put blue food coloring in one, I know who's going to eat that. All right, so I'm looking. Uh, Dewshine is citrus-flavored soda and is clear in color. It's made from real sugar, similar to the throwback, uh, non-alcoholic. Laura, Laura really likes the idea bottles. of the the food-colored mashed potatoes, by the way. Food-colored mashed potatoes. Mm. I don't know about that one. Yeah. Mashed potatoes just have to be mashed potatoes. It, that's Tell you what, take take the batch that you're going to make and split it into like two or three and put food coloring in one. <laughs> and see which one gets eaten first. Yeah. Could work. Don't don't do anything different. No, just, just food put, coloring, yeah. Just put food coloring in it. We were actually discussing that uh, with the curling ice. We thought it'd be kind of funny if we put like colored ice there because they always do colored ice hockey games. Yeah. But then we're like, well, wait, why would we literally add impurities to the water after we spend all this time getting it down to four parts per, I think it's four parts per million? Yep, PPM, yeah. parts per million. So we're like, well, wait, why would we add food coloring to this? this that's taking a that's step backwards. Counterproductive. Yes. So, uh, speaking of Mountain Dew and Pepsi, we could actually segue this thing. Oh, shit, we can? Yeah. Go for it. Pepsi is coming out with a smartphone. What? Not like their own smartphone. It's like a Pepsi-branded smartphone. Pepsi-branded smartphone. It's going to be the Pepsi P1. Okay. Only in China. Okay. Who's actually making it? Uh, Who's actually making it? It's being manufactured by the Shizun HQT Science and Technology Company. Okay, but like who? Who's, who's what phone company is designing it making it there's no way that pepsi is actually making it right they don't have the programmers for that no uh let's see it's being manufactured by hqt science and technology more specific details about its configuration and specs will be revealed on the 20th huh but we what we do know is it's, it's going to cost uh 1300 yen which is about 205 dollars 1300 yuan probably yuan, sorry yeah sorry yen japanese yuan yeah. chinese they're close but different yeah cny chinese yuan yeah sorry uh 205 dollars cheap phone yeah 5 inch 5.5 inch 1080p screen okay uh 1.7 gigahertz chip 2 gigabytes of ram 16 gigabytes of storage okay 13 megapixel rear camera and a 5 megapixel front camera 
I'll be running Android 5.1. Good for Pepsi, I guess. Seems really weird. Yeah, well, some people think that it's, well, it's now, since it's going to be your phone, you're going to have control over it. You're going to have the EULA to agree to it. So people are thinking, well, instead of having, you know, branded apps, now you have a branded phone. Yeah. I mean, you put a case around it and now you don't. Yeah, but Pepsi will still be in control. Like, maybe the phone can't go to the Coca-Cola website. You really think they're going to do that? I don't know. They can handle all the marketing to the phone, though, if it's their phone. Ah. Oh, okay. I unless mean, just, all, unless the only weird. thing that makes it a Pepsi phone is the, the, I think, the case. I think the case and the, the like wallpaper. Well, maybe there are Pepsi branded apps that are pre-installed, like my Samsung phone. But Pepsi doesn't have programs. They I guess they could hire them. They could outsource it. It is China. <laughs> Does it, is it really outsourcing if it's in China? It's outsourcing to a different company. Okay. And yeah, because Pepsi is a U.S. company anyway. So here's the question then, like, how much would you be willing to pay for a branded smartphone? Zero dollars. So if you no, get that's not free. true. That's not true. If I had to think about it, like, first off, all of my phones are branded. Just to be clear. That is true. You bought a Samsung brand phone. Yes, I know. But I'm like the, does my phone from T-Mobile, oh, it doesn't actually say T-Mobile on it. Nope. But where does it say Samsung? All over the frickin' place. Yep. What's the first thing you see when you boot it up? I think it's actually, is it T-Mobile or is it Samsung? That it I should see say Samsung first. Yes. Yeah, then, then it's it Samsung, then it's T-Mobile. Yep. So we bought branded phones, just to be clear. Now, if like LG and Coca-Cola teamed up and Coca-Cola said, hey, we will sell this phone at cheaper if we get to put our stuff on it. I, there, there is a price point at which I would probably do that. I mean, if I can get a top-of-the-line smartphone for less than top-of-the-line money... Yeah, but it know. would have to be... I think it would have to be more than just less than. If I'm saving five bucks on it, then I probably won't do it. Well, yeah. No, that's... there, there. What the price point is, is we don't know. We'd have to actually see. But, like, like hey, if, you it can were, get this phone. if it were 50% off... Maybe. I'd, I'd probably, probably most likely. I'd probably go with 50% off. Get like a brand new Nexus for 50% off? Yes, please. It would be really cool if they did that and then Coca-Cola said, as, you know, as long as you buy Coke products and have that phone, the Coke products are cheaper too. Ooh, which could be super easy. You just have an NFC chip in the phone yep. hooked up to the vending machine. Oh, ooh, that's, that's starting to play dirty. Right. Because now what they're what they'd look at that as is people would start choosing Coke over Pepsi. Yes. And yes, they aren't making as much money on each Coke, but they'd be getting more people buying Coke. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Now, whether or not they'd get people buying Coke often enough to offset the costs that it would cost them for the phone is something else. Well, we'll find out greater details later this week on this thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the, the Chinese one, so we will find out some details, but... That happened. Yeah, Pepsi okay. smartphone. Yeah. What else? Anything um, else in the world of smartphones? Uh, the Australian apps are increasing in price. That's too bad. By 50%. Whoa. Yeah. The Australian apps on Google App Store, Apple App Store? Apple App Store. Why is Apple spiking the cost of the apps? Well, because the uh, price of the Australian dollar compared to the U.S. dollar has dropped. Tanked. 
Holy shit. The, the funny bit, though, here is, and this is why I actually picked this specific article, is the nation was already paying for its app at a suggested rate of comparison of 70 cents of the Australian dollar to the U.S. one dollar. Yeah. So the, the apps were already increased in price for that 70 cents to a dollar ratio. And um, that's about where they are now. That's Yes, that's where the price is right now for the Australian. So they were already overpaying. Yes. And now they're overpaying even more. Yes, because now the uh, price of the apps now are basically saying that the Australian dollar is worth 50 cents American rather than the 70 cents that it actually is. Sorry, Australia. Yeah. I love cousin and all, but man. You guys get that shaft. You, oof. I feel so sorry for you guys because that's just. I, I keep looking like, man, maybe I should go to like, I, I'd kind of like to move to Australia. It seems like a really nice place. Good people, good booze. But damn, their economy is messy. Yep. Well, think about it. You're also going to have to probably pay more anyway because it's an island. Wait a minute. It, yes, I know. It's a big island. It's an island half the size of the continental United States. Yes. Don't give me this, it's an island bullshit. Yes, but how much of that island is actually hospitable? Habitable. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> you got a lot on the outside edge, and then a lot of nothing in the middle, except for one big rock. Australia size compared. Let's see. Australia Australia is bigger. It's not half the size of the continental U.S. It is the size of the continental U.S. The the leftmost side of Australia would touch California, the coast of California. The eastmost side of Australia uh, is like at Washington, D.C. Okay, so look up Australian population density map. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's fucking everyone on the on the edge. <laughs> Literally, no you look at the, the map, <laughs> and a majority of it in the middle is... Empty. Point empty. What? It's empty. Yeah. No, I thought you said Andy, and I'm like, what? No, empty. Empty. Okay, that is better. Population density per 2.5 mi- square miles is 0.1 to 1 person. You should go look it up uh, for the U.S., though. Uh, let me look up U.S. population density map. Okay, so yeah, there are a lot of places out west... <laughs> It's like outside of the Mississippi Delta. As soon as you hit yep. Kansas City and Houston. There's nothing left there's, of that. There's under 2.5 the people per square mile. Until you get to the coast. Most of that land is actually uninhabited, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. That's nuts. We are slowly migrating out that way, though. Yeah. Very, very slowly. Yes. Because even as the population out there grows, the population out east grows more. Yeah, but there are a lot of more people moving out west. Yep, yeah, they're all moving to the corner. <laughs> they're going to Seattle and San Francisco. And L.A. And L.A. and Portland. Yeah, it's, it's moving southwest, if they I remember correctly. They are not going to the middle of Nevada and Utah. No, no, they're not. The Idaho, because it's all desert. So you can show me your population density of Australia. It's still the size of the goddamn U.S. True. So yes, there is space. It's not being used, but there is space. The difference is our uninhabited land is all farmland. Sorry, Kate's just messaging me. Um, so speaking of surveys. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't wait, what do you mean speaking of surveys? We didn't talk about a survey. We were I guess I brought up the census. That's yes. kind of a survey. We I was were gonna at go population with population like, density maps. That's kind of surveying. I was going to go with speaking of Apple and the App Store. Oh, we can go that way. Because I think that's a slightly more like direct segue. 
All right, so what's up with the App Store? Speaking of Apple, Apple got sued by the University of Wisconsin. Yes. Laura told me about this this week. I actually hadn't heard about this at all. I hadn't heard about this at all until... I don't know how we didn't hear about it. Why didn't we report on this last year? Did we report on this last year? And we did hear about it, and we just never thought about it. Well, they sued him back January of 2014, so that's an easy thing to... We totally could have reported on that. Episode 2014... Uh, it's like 341 episode. Uh, yes. 341, 342, 343, 344. Somewhere in those. Let's see. Oh, it's all the Aereo stuff. Oh, Aereo. Apple settles with the FTC. Verizon versus FCC ruling, which that had some effect. 344. Shit, did we not cover this? No, we didn't. Wow. Okay. So yeah, the uh, Wisconsin Alumni Research Foundation sued Apple back in 2014 alleging patent infringement due to chip efficiency. So Apple made their chips better, and Wisconsin sued Apple saying, hey, that's our patent that you're doing. Yeah. And? And uh, the court ruled in favor of the University of Wisconsin. Cool. So UW just got, like, they... So yeah, that's interesting to me. I would have thought that Apple would have said, it's a public school. They probably actually have the patent on this that they say they have. We probably did infringe on it. We should just settle out of court. I'm oh. I'm very surprised that this got a ruling. It got a ruling, and um, uh, the University of Wisconsin could have asked for up to $862 million in damages. Wow! They didn't, though. Okay. They only asked for $400 million, uh, which is about $2.74 per infringing device. Apple said that they should only pay $0.07 cents per infringing device. Of course Apple says that. Yeah. And what did the court say? The jury awarded um, $234 million. So it's $165 million less than Wisconsin wanted, but still, that's $234 million. That could pay for their football coach for how many years? One. I was going to go with maybe 10. Uh, yeah, I was making a joke. So yeah, the uh, University of Wisconsin wins the lawsuit, gets $234 million. It's nothing like Carnegie Mellon's $1.17 billion lawsuit win, but... What did they get that for? Uh, they were, um, it was some semiconductor thing that they got. This was years ago. Okay. Wonder if, wonder if we covered this one back in 2012. Um, maybe. Possibly. We'd look, but there's a lot of stuff to go through back there. <laughs> back in 2012? Yeah. Yeah, little, little bit. So, so other court stuff. I, that, that's really interesting, though, that... Apple and Samsung have been in court for years on patent infringement. Yes. Like years and years. And the UW is like, fuck it, we're suing Apple. And they win. I, I guess they had a case. That's all I can say. Yep, sounds like it. Tesla. Tesla. Sent out an update this week. Over the air update to your car. That seems so weird, but it makes if, sense. If that's not like terrifying to you. I don't know what is. No, that is that is weird. That is very weird. And and honestly, it's scary. That concept to me is super scary. Because how many times have I had an app on my phone do an over-the-air update that breaks the app? Yep. Heck, even Samsung, who owns the hardware that the app updated, still broke it. Could you imagine having that as your excuse of being late to work? Hey, sorry I can't come in today. I downloaded that update and it killed my car. 
I'm sorry, I had no con- you can't you don't even have any control over it either. Yep, it's a push update. There's no like, do you want this? It's just boom. Now you have this. We did report on this though. This is one we actually did get uh, that Tesla had included a bunch of cameras and sensors in the car. Yes, and that they were planning on doing this update. This is the update to enable the first stage of autopilot. Yes, which is kind of awesome and also scary. Yeah, so can, Tesla's cars uh, can now sort of self-drive. They can drive on the highway, and they can also parallel park on their own. So it, it really is just highway driving. And I, I actually heard NPR's piece on this, which was very, very well done. I uh, said it's it's like dancing. You don't exactly know when your partner is going to be leading. You just have to be ready to let it, and you have to be ready to take it back. I could see that. This is not self-driving like, you know, turn it on and turn around and start talking to the people in the car. You you actually still need to pay some attention to it. Yes. Which really, to me, kind of defeats the purpose of self-driving. If I need to sit and watch my car drive, I think I'd rather just drive my car. Well, this is the first step. This is, this is the first baby step. It's not even really a baby step. This is the first step on this thing where once they, because all of the data from this autopilot gets sent back to to central command. And so Tesla then like will update everything. So they're they're basically using this as a they're using it as a beta test. Yes. That is not a beta test I would like to take part in. There's an actual quote. I've got to figure out where it said there, but somebody said we we think of this sort of as a public beta. Yep. Elon Musk said that. Yeah, that's not a beta I'd like to be a part of. No. Not that it matters. I don't own a Tesla. Oh, that kind of sucks, though, because this comes like just a month after my uncle had to drive across the country in his Tesla. Oh, oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. Because there are sometimes in like Arizona and out west where there is nobody on the highway but you. Yeah. Times like those, I feel like I could get the book out. And Times like those, you really could just you could just start looking away and not worrying about it. Yeah. So yeah, that's A, the Tesla over-the-air updates are weird, and B, so, sort of self-driving. I love watching all the videos of people like doing it where the, you see their like hands come off the steering wheel, but they kind of just like hover there. Because they're like, do I, do, I need to, do I need to grab it? Do, maybe, Is the car doing it? Like, I don't know! Yeah, I think it was Jalopnik, one of the guys was actually like sitting there like freaking out because he's like, I just want to grab the wheel, but then I don't want to. I wonder I wonder if you could defeat the sensors by, like, putting down fake lines on the road. Um, you might be able to, because the primary, I think the primary thing it looks for first is the lane lines to keep it in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... You may know the answer to this, Andy. Yes. So this might not be a fair question. How long are those lines? Don't look it up. Just based on what you see, based on what you know, how long are those lines? Like, how are the long, are the, the spaces between, the, or the, the, the striped of, white lines on the road? How long would you say those are? Uh, 10 feet. Yeah, you knew the answer. <laughs> Either that or you just looked it up. No, no, I'm still staring at this Tesla. Okay. We think of it sort of as a public beta statement. Yeah, 10 feet. They don't look like 10 feet. No, no, they don't. They don't feel like 10 feet. They're 10 feet long. So the um, the car has ultrasonic sensors that observe around the car, and then they do the lane line detection forward camera. And then if the camera can't figure it out, they actually switch to a high resolution GPS. How high a resolution? I'm not sure. It's probably pretty that do high, though. Your, what does that do to your range? Because now you're spending energy on a GPS signal. Well, the GPS signal is all just a receive unit. That's true. You're 
you're not broadcasting. Broad, if you were trying to broadcast, that would kill. <laughs> that would kill your battery. Your battery goes in one broadcast from 100% to 82% <laughs> per ping. But no, GPS is just receiving. And so the, the high quality GPS, because they do this on farm implements all the time now. Yeah. The, the, the high, the high um, accuracy GPS is like down to within a foot, if not better now. So why does my phone keep placing me like five blocks away? Because it has just normal GPS. These the the high accuracy GPS requires special uh, antenna units. Lame. Yep. Sorry. All right. Oh, believe me. When I go running, I look at my GPS and it looks like I'm freaking drunk. <laughs> when I look at the the lines, stumbling back and forth across the street. Yeah. No. I'm just looking at it, going, I'm running in a freaking straight line. No. Yes, I want you to be accurate, but this is just getting ridiculous. Supposedly, it's also the Samsung phones actually have pretty crappy GPS, so... I don't have a Samsung. So speaking of wireless signals... Yeah. Um, somebody built a Wi-Fi jammer using a $15 dongle he bought off of Amazon, a Raspberry Pi, and an amplifier... Okay. ...to increase the range to 120 meters, and it will hit all the devices within that range operating in the 2.4 to 5 gigahertz bands. So that includes Wi-Fi and Blue Bluetooth. Yep, and it just makes them lose signal. Yeah, he's. Uh, it says here that he modifies the dongle's firmware to force the target networks to always give priority to the device's transmission. So he kind of just says, "Hey, I need this," and it just it's almost like a DDoS attack, where it's just it just uses up all the bandwidth between you and the uh, receive unit. And so, what does he do with this device? Take it to Starbucks to fuck with people? That's that's all I can think of. Yeah. Is it directional? Well, if you put a directional antenna on it, it can be directional. Because I saw someone else who had built a, 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 well, by someone else, I mean the U.S. military, uh, <laughs> built a drone killer yeah. that was essentially that. It's an antenna that's just very powerful and it, it knocks out all the signal. Uh, did the antenna look like a, it's probably a Yagi antenna, highly a directional what? Yagi antenna. Um, the thing is, it. It's only going to work against, like, consumer drones at that point. Yeah. Because military drones have programming for, if you lose signal, do this. Well, we talk about, I remember we talked about this when the uh, the CIA drone went down over, was it Iran? I think it was Iran, yeah. Iran or Iraq. One of the two. Well, they the, the, supposedly that's what had happened, is somebody did something along similar to those lines that they just blocked the incoming GPS signal and then broadcast its own GPS signal to confuse the drone. And the drone's like, oh, I'm I lost supposed signal. to be over here. I'm, I'm, I'll land because I'm supposed to land here. All yep. Right. Oops. Did you see that the Navy is starting to teach uh, sailing by the stars again? It makes sense. They're so worried about people hacking and faking GPS signals, which, wow, James Bond from like 20 years ago figured that out. They're, they're resuming teaching like, here's how you use a sextant. Here's how you find your position on the globe. Well, that's the problem with keeping everything inter... There's the two things with battles. Is one, the more information known is better, but then the, the more connections you have, the more chances of something going to fail. Yep. So it's always a balance between those two is, yes, you, you want to know as much about what's going on as possible so you can make the best decision possible. But then if everything's interconnected, things break down in... <laughs> In the theater of battle, things break down a lot. War is hell. Yes. So the, if if war never changes. Sorry, I've had fallout on my mind a lot. Did you run the update for the uh, vault? There was an update. Yes. What does it do? Uh, for me, um, for me, it kind of killed my vault. That's not good. No. 
what did what did it do? Oh, it was supposed to connect it to the Google Cloud and a couple other things, and uh, somehow in that connection, my vault didn't survive. I I don't know if I want to update it then. What's new? New Vault at Network protocols. You can save your vault to the cloud. Strange and mysterious sightings in vaults. Survival mode. Survival mode might be interesting now that, you know, but after putting all that time into the vault to have it disappear, I'm like, mm, I don't know if I want to play this game anymore. Yep. Heck, I had, I, I honestly don't know the last time I opened yep. the vault. I I think it was when it so updated. I, I had a interesting experience with that where I opened it. And when what must have happened is like the last time I had closed it, it must not have closed all the way out. Some process was still running or some clock was still ticking because I had zero power, zero food and zero water. Oops. And everyone was irradiated to about half in my vault of 65 people. That's not good. Where I'm already undergoing like death claw attacks. (laughs) I can honestly say the first time I had a death claw attack, I said I I just nope quit right then. Really? Yeah. They're like, oh crap, death claws. Nope. (laughs) Quitting right now. We'll deal with that one later. My vault, the death claws never really kill anyone. They just, they knock them down to about 10% health and then they move on to the next room. So I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Well, they get through like two floors and then they're dead. I I did not have that luxury. Granted, I also didn't have anybody armed inside my vault. So I was trying to like, what? I was trying to organize my, uh, my clothing and my weapons at the time. And then the death claws came and I'm like, oh shit. I, everyone in my vault has a six to eight damage weapon or higher. I have 70 people in my vault. They all have a six to eight or higher. Well, well, if I play it again, I'll try that. If not, meh. Okay. It's run its course. Yep. It had for me, too, but then some other friends of mine had played it, and I'm like, oh, I kind of miss it. It's a fun game. It's like, at this point, it's just part of my nightly ritual of getting ready for bed. It's just check on the vault, make some changes, go to sleep. I don't worry about it during the day. So speaking of running its course, <laughs> I kind of agree that remakes are we're done. Yep. Thankfully, not only do you and I agree on that, financial analysts in Hollywood are starting to agree with that. Oh, thank God. Which means people that movie studios might actually listen to. Remakes and sequels are nearing their end, ladies and gentlemen. How did Pan do? Terrible. <laughs> I still have a free pair of tickets for that. I should see if it's still actually in the theaters. Because it's, Pan isn't even like the gritty reboot. It's the origin story. We do like our origin stories, but man, this is just getting ridiculous. Goosebumps, Intern, Maze Runner, Pan. Okay, so there's still showings of it. Yep. For some bizarre reason, the theater over here decided to put Pan in their super ultra luxury thing instead of the Martian. What? Martian was in there for a week and it had been sold out like the entire week. And then they're like, let's put Pan in there. You bastards. That was probably some agreement with them. Oh, you could go to the movie theater and watch the Michigan, Michigan State game. I can what? Our movie theaters over here, the ones that we normally go to, yeah. um, you can get tickets to watch the Michigan-Michigan State game at the movie theater. Uh, but I want to watch the Michigan-Michigan State game at a movie theater. I'm sorry, you'd have to come to Michigan for that. Uh, it's one o'clock, so it's two o'clock there. The game starts in an hour and a half. I wouldn't even make it to Chicago, though. <laughs> Don't think I didn't just do that time calculation. I absolutely would go do that if I had known. Well, maybe not. That's a long drive. That is a long drive. <laughs> that's, that's, the drive is longer than the game. Yes. 
No, I might. I don't know what I'm going to do. How the hell am I going to get around Ann Arbor? No, because hopefully... You'll be going through Ann Arbor during the game. During the game, so it'll be okay. Yeah, you'll be fine. There will be no traffic. Good. Otherwise, yeah, I would have to do a... Ugh, that would not be fun. I've been watching a guy, a YouTube streamer, play Fallout. He's the one who did the kill everyone. Yes. Uh, he's doing, he did the, you only live once rules. Yes. So I watched him do all of fallout new Vegas. You only live once. Now I'm watching him do fallout three. You only live once. He's taking a small break for it to do an assassin's creed week. He's never played assassin's creed games. And so he's just doing like a one hour session of the main assassin's creed games. And it's hilarious watching this guy. Cause he has no idea what he's doing. Well, I mean, he, he, he doesn't come in with any pre-existing expectations. Mm. really good to watch him makes me kind of sad that i didn't go down that route i think i could have been i think i could have i could have gotten a following on youtube i too can make witty comments about games everybody have, thinks they can make witty comments about games and have historical references yeah but i'm a i'm a funny guy that's the reason people listen to the show right funny looking that is oh ouch <laughs> I think it's that I don't have the accent. I'm not even going to try. This no. guy's got, he's got a really nice British accent. I, I'm, I'm not even going to try. Okay, what, doing accents? Yes. Because you can't? Yes. Because you always do the wrong accent? Yes. Because your Scottish sounds like Spanish? Yes. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Who the heck protested a Zelda concert? The uh, um, Musicians Guild, what? which is to say the Musicians Union. Oh, because they were using outside? They used, they used non-union musicians. Oh. I didn't know that the Musicians Union was so strong. I didn't know that there were, really was a, I guess if I thought about it, there's a Musicians Union, but like they were protesting because this concert was being played with an orchestra not made up of union members. I like unions. I would like to say this. I would like to say this up front. I think unions are a great idea. I, I think that most modern unions aren't the idea behind a union. I was going to say that. I, I have worked... I have seen I have been a member of a union, actually two of them. Uh, the Rural Mail Carriers Association and... The uh, union that we were with when I was working at Myers. So I've been a member of two unions. Isn't that like the grocers and baggers union? I'm not exactly sure what the union was. I just had to pay union dues. Um, and then also I worked uh, in the HR department of that aluminum extruding plant. Yeah. So we had to deal with the other side of the union. And I can say, having been a member of the union, did I ever notice anything that the union did for me? Not really. There could have been other things that have were done before me, but there was a lot of times I was paying dues and going, what do the dues get me? And then dealing with the HR side of things, there's a lot of times where people were just like, well, the union said says this, so I'm going to go to the letter of the law and kind of find a loophole here to do this. So, yeah, I I agree. In theory, they're a good idea. In practice, bureaucracy causes problems. I was a member of the teachers union, and they did actually help me when I, you know, had to quit my job. They managed to get me effectively unemployment insurance if I needed it. But, yeah, that... It did not get me much, and I've heard lots of really bad things, and, like, even this, I, I, 
the union has contracts with a lot of music halls in New York. So that's that's the root of this. The music the union has tons of contracts. There are union shops. There are concert halls that if you have a concert there, it has to be with union musicians. Yes. The place they held the Zelda concert didn't have that contract. You did not have to use union musicians. And they protested that the guy didn't use union musicians. Well, really what you're protesting is that the concert hall didn't sign a contract with you. Yeah. So protest the concert hall, not the concert. But that's the best way to get noticed is at a concert. And I, I think it was also partly that the Zelda concert had been on Colbert's new show. Yeah, yeah, the the Zelda group. Right, same yeah. same concert, different musicians, because the, the Colbert show had a, a contract, yeah. so it was union. But, you know, time and place, and protesting a concert that's doing, honestly, it's doing a lot of good of bringing a new set of generation generations to concerts that wouldn't typically go to an orchestral concert, find a better way to do it. Yeah, no, I can, I can honestly say that the modern Modern music is saving. Well, the, the the modern music is saving the orchestra. The um, the KSO is one of the sponsors and one of our ad payers. Yeah, and most uh, like you know just the generic. Oh, the this was a Wagner piece concert or the is not going to draw anyone. It's, yeah, Tolstoy, n- Andy. Not, uh, sorry, <laughs> Tchaikovsky. Oh, getting all my I Russians confused. I, I kind of was tempted not to call that one out actually and just leave it in there. <laughs> In my head, it went, wait a second, no, that's the author, not the musician. Tolstoy, didn't, yeah, didn't write music. No, Tchaikovsky, uh, though. Tchaikovsky did. Yeah. But those, those, are, shows, yeah, those aren't drawing anyone. Yeah, those shows are the, just, you, you still have, like, the season ticket holders and that sort of stuff. They're, like, the major sponsors. They'll, they go to them because they already paid for the ticket. But when you get something that's either A, well-known, or B, a lot of the, the modern pop stuff that they do now. Like, they, they brought people in to do orchestra versions of Beatles tunes, yep. ABBA tunes, like modern music, those things. Trying to get a ticket for that one? Whew. Yep. The Zelda like, Tour just announced their, their next year's worth of tour. So, like, this concert is going places. Quite literally, actually. Yeah, so I feel like you're just trying to be like, hey, how come we can't get in on this, is what I'm feeling this is. Well, it's because to get the contract with whatever building was doing it. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, somebody built an emailable house, and by that I mean the... Ins- the uh, 3D printing instructions. The instructions are... Well, it's not 3D printing because they use a uh, wood CNC. Okay. They, they um, you, you mail the, the email the instructions to somebody. Somebody at a local CNC shop takes about 500 pieces of plywood, runs the instructions through, all the plywood gets milled, gets flat packed like you would see at Ikea, gets... <laughs> and then shipped. Shipped. Well, the idea is the CNC shop is supposed to be a lot more local than right. somewhere else. So we use local materials it would be able this would be a more local thing and then the entire the entire house then just snaps together so it you you only need a couple of stainless steel bands for stability during the construction and a couple of screws in the floor joists but the entire rest of the house is all like tab and slot and tongue and groove sort of stuff yeah but i wouldn't want my house made of ikea style furniture kate has an excellent point how does it handle winter that is an excellent question Let's see, since it was uh, put up by Clemson University. We'll find out in six months. <laughs> well, it's Clemson. It, that's south. Oh, we won't find out. No. South Carolina is not really known for its harsh winters. No, no, it's not. I forgot that's where Clemson is. I thought it was somewhere in New York. No. Thinking of Carnegie Mellon? No, Carnegie Mellon is Pittsburgh. I mean, that's not too 
Right, it's, it's still East Coast, Northeast yeah. Coast. Well, Pittsburgh itself isn't the coast. So the house is actually 970 square feet, one and a half baths, three bedrooms, common space, and a front porch. It's all powered by the solar cell roof. Also would not do well here in the winter? No, no, it will not. Still, it's a neat idea being able to build it just from a bunch of plywood. And just have yep. it literally snapped together on site. Yep. But the whole putting it as emailable, that no, that's just that's I mean, houses have been emailable for hundreds of years because you could well, email wasn't around, but the blueprints were. Yeah. As soon as maybe you could, not hundreds of years, but tens could, of years. As soon dozens. as you put an attachment on an email, it was available to be emailable. Dozens of years. <sighs> Amazon is killing their e-reader category. Because if you think about it, the e-ink e-reader, the cheapest one is $80 if you don't want all the special features, $60 if you want all the ads. Right, but they're, so when they say they're killing the category, are they going to stop making them? Well, or they're just folding them into another category? Um, well, no, they're, they're not actually, th- this guy is supposing that this is what's going to happen. He's saying because they're coming out with cheaper Kindle tablets, the Kindle Fire tablets, that he just thinks that the e-readers themselves are going to disappear. Kindle Paperwhite has a battery life of a week. The Kindle Fire tablet has a battery life of, what, eight hours, maybe? Right. I don't see this going anywhere. This guy's full of it. But how many people consider battery life when they're buying... I, I, we have two things there. It's like, hey, here's this $50 tablet that you can use for internet usage. You can watch videos. You can watch this, that, and the other thing. For fifty bucks, you you guys have a paperweight, don't you? Yeah, I have a paperweight. Well, which screen would you rather? You don't? No, I do. Okay, right. Yeah. So, which screen would you rather look at for three hours? Oh, the paperweight screen. Right. These are not going anywhere. I kind of agree with this guy. Where it's for the average consumer, because you and I both know we're not average. For the average consumer, if you're looking at this one thing that's fifty bucks, that can do this, that, and the whole kitchen sink, and then you have. The other paper white, which is about the same price, actually a little bit more expensive, and all it can do is books on a black and white screen. I bet you anything the average person is going to look at that $50 Kindle Fire 7 and go, I want that, which Amazon's going to be okay with because... Yes, they could still sell the books, but then on top of that, they can do all the Amazon apps, they can do videos, they can do everything from the Amazon Kindle store. I don't see it going anywhere, but I guess we'll find out. So speaking of books, the case from 2005. Google's book scanning project. Yes. Was ruled? In favor of Google. Google can take pictures of books. Again. I mean, they've been doing it. Yeah. Like constantly, continuously for 10 years. They just haven't been able to do anything with them until now because the court rules that the snippets of books posted online constitute fair use under U.S. copyright law. Now, they said that it tests the boundaries of fair use, but they are still allowable under the current law. Neat. So court cases, court cases, we've talked about that. What's up with TuneIn and the NFL? Oh, that's, uh, yeah, TuneIn. So you know what TuneIn Radio is, right? Yeah. TuneIn Radio is the app that essentially connects you to the streaming version of various radio stations. Yes. Well, when a radio station was broadcasting an NFL game and you tried to listen to that station on TuneIn, you did not hear the NFL game. No, because the NFL and Major League Baseball have those things locked down. Yeah, so does the NCAAF, by the way, which really sucks. Yeah. Um, Yes, no, yeah. 
because our MSU games, I don't think we can stream those either. Right. So if you wanted to listen to a football game, you couldn't use TuneIn. You had to use something else. You had to use something that the NFL had said, yes, you can pay it uh, through this to get to us. Yeah. TuneIn essentially negotiated a contract with the NFL. Oh, good. So now you can get NFL games through TuneIn Radio. If you pay the premium. For a premium, yep. Only for premium. But it's nice, right? Like, that's there now. Yes. Holy crap, Eastern's getting the shit beat out of them. <laughs> no surprise on that one. It's 35 to 6. Ooh. Sorry, Andy. There's always next year. <laughs> it's, it's that Eastern's, like, that's motto. The, it's the unofficial motto is all of us. <laughs> we're like, well, there's always, always next, next year. year. Uh, they, For what it's worth, they were ahead at the beginning of the game. Two field goals, a 51-yard field goal. That's impressive. That is impressive. We have been known for our good kickers. 51-yard field goal, and now it's 6-35. to 35. I think one of our kickers, when I was in school, like was brought over from like the Australian Rugby League. <laughs> <laughs> because awesome. he hurt himself somehow down there and he couldn't like play rugby anymore. But if all you're doing is just basically kicking the football. Yeah, they're close enough, right? Yeah. Minor adjustments between one and the other. So speaking of this whole like football baseball thing. Yeah. Let me just tell you this. So the Cubs are in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Surprising. Because it's well, because it's it's 2015. Holy shit. Wednesday. Right. Wednesday it's 2015 is the day. At what, 4 a.m. is what he put, I do believe? Yeah, it's some ridiculously early time. <laughs> well, that's probably 4 a.m. out on the West Coast, which means... 7 o'clock over here. 7, 7 a.m. Have, have I told you what my company is doing? No. So, you know, we have Deep Space, our 11,000-person auditorium. Yes. With one of the largest LED screens in the country. Okay. We're having a movie night. Oh, of course. Everybody's having a movie night. I could go to the Celebration Cinema and get uh, $2 tickets and watch right. the first and second movie. Right, but you can't see it in an 11,000-person auditorium with one of the biggest LED screens in the country. Yes, but the question is... With popcorn and soda. Yeah, well, I could get that at the movie theater. For free. Oh, well, it's not free. This is what my place of work is doing. Speaking of which, so, sir... Sorry, um... How's that application coming? It's in the ether somewhere. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. All right, so... That's the, too bad. Baseball. Baseball, right? yeah. So the, baseball. The, so we Cubs normally in the carry playoff. we we carry the we're a we're a syndicator of the Cubs baseball okay. and so we normally carry the Cubs broadcast yeah. run by like you know your local hosts. Turns out if the Cubs get to the World Series, we are actually not allowed to carry the local station's broadcast. We have to carry ESPN's and national broadcast of the game. For it. Hmm? You probably have to pay out the ass for it. No, we, we are not allowed to. Well, it's part of the contract. It was part of the contract when we when we signed up there that okay. the contract with them is the fact that ESPN Radio is... For all the syndicators, the only option we have, we either play ESPN radio or we play nothing at all. Right. Now the, the flagship station gets to still do their normal broadcast, but nobody else gets to piggyback it, which I heard that. I'm like, well, there goes all our audience because who's going to listen to us? If you have like the at bat app or some of the other ones where you can actually then pick up the local guys and listen to them. Uh, it's just these stupid agreements that the NFL and Major League Baseball have that are just ridiculous. Yep. Agreed. So Sprint is uh, throttling people. Yeah, with unlimited plans. Unlimited plans. If you have a Sprint plan that is unlimited. It is no longer unlimited. If you use 23 gigabytes a month. You get throttled. Yes, but only in times and locations where the network is constrained. So you get throttled sometimes. Should my usage the rest of the time 
be held against me during critical times. I feel like if you're going to say it only matters during these times, you should only look at the usage during those times. True. So if you use up your 23 gigabytes in the middle of the night where nobody's on, it should not be held against me as opposed to someone who uses like five gigabytes during prime time. Yeah. Sprint says that the self site performances is measured in pre in real time with prior prioritization being applied or removed every 20 milliseconds. So this will be anybody who signs up for unlimited data from now on or customers who upgrade their handset on or after yesterday uh, and remain on existing unlimited data plans. Okay, so as long as I don't change my phone. Yes, as soon as you change your phone, then you're going to be throttled. Granted, this is not new. T-Mobile throttles when they use 23 gigabytes. AT&T does it at 22. Verizon stopped um, mainly because they were the ones who uh, (laughs) net neutrality rules were basically a cannon pointed at them. <laughs> I like that image. That's that's a great political cartoon of like the FCC with a giant cannon that just says net neutrality and a wall that's been tagged with like Sprint, Verizon, AT and T. Yeah. Do you can you see that comic? No, I can't actually. That's that, a good that comic. totally writes itself. Yeah. What what's on the other side of the wall? Consumers of some kind. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> Sprint is being evil, Which, kind of. I, the net, I actually when, wouldn't actually put this as evil. Sprint is just being stupid. They're they're playing ball with the same way with everybody else. Same thing as like I said, AT and T and T Mobile are also doing this right around the same gigabyte mount. So. Yep. Yep, I just think that it it shouldn't be held against me what I do during downtime. Yeah, no, that's not that I ever get close to twenty six gigabytes of data. The uh, there's some satellite internet companies now that actually state that because normally they'll get charged, they have a data cap as well, and it's a pretty low one because it's satellite. But um, depending on the time of day, like they won't actually count your internet usage like after midnight till six a.m. or something like that. They'll actually figure out the load times and say, hey, you can use it during the load times, no limit. Yep. Which I feel like this needs to be added to things like Netflix. Remember we talked about the thing where the Netflix could pre-queue stuff? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what you need to do. It's like, oh yeah, I see you're watching the first six episodes of MacGyver. Would you like me to download the other episodes while you sleep? Yes, please. Yes, please. That would be wonderful. All right. Um, one so last Sprint's thing. Doing, yeah, last one. Last one. Curling, br- the curling world is getting turned upside down right now. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, but I mean, so, sorry, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, this has got. This has got. Go a, ahead. Go the, ahead. So the curling brew company. You really want to get curling and not like Chrome is launching a new version with better security. You want to hit curling. Yeah, it's a quick. All, word. all right. Go ahead. So curling brooms. I normally have some sort of like nylon fabric on them. TPP, you want to, there's, there's a virtual reality survey, you want to hit curling. Yeah, no, I was going to say, this will be you my think, last. You think curling is the one that's going to, to, to resonate the most with our listeners? This is the, this is about science and manufacturing technologies and uh, not manufacturing um material technologies uh people is this have even ma- a link hmm? is this even a, oh you add, you added it to the bottom i see go ahead curling you see i was trying to make this a quick one so we can go get ahead to the, no go go no, go go, go do it the curling heads can actually affect the stone where you know how the cur the curling stone will spin in one direction and then actually curl that direction right yeah the curling. brooms can actually make it go the opposite direction while it's still opposite direction of what it's spinning. So think of it like a, a baseball bat that can actually put 
so much spin on the ball that when the ball hits, it will actually like bounce backwards. Think of something like that, where you are seriously affecting how the game is played. Okay. So these new brooms are coming out. People are trying them out there and then people are freaking out because the the second video here that I show, you can see where these two stones start. They start a good probably six feet apart. One of them, they're thrown by a machine, so they're both thrown equally. They both have the same turn, the whole thing there. One of them curls that whole six feet. The other one literally goes in a straight line because of what this broom is doing, which is blowing people's mind because this shouldn't be happening. And so now that the, the, there are player groups getting together, signing petitions, saying that they aren't going to use these, the people are complaining that the curling association needs to actually step in and regulate this. The manufacturers are saying, hey, we didn't do anything wrong because there's nothing in the rules about this, which they have a point. There literally is only one rule for what a curling broom can and cannot do. So, so it, I mean, what's the big... It makes the stone go straight. Which, it, it it's basically throwing the laws of curling physics on its head. This These brooms can do so much, you could throw this thing as hard as you... to adapt. But then it comes to the question of, is this technology overtaking the entire rest of the game? It's like the, the yeah, Kay pointed out the the swimming suits that they had that could actually work better than human skin that were making people basically super Faster. swimmers. Yeah, those got banned in the Olympics. It, it's now going to curling brooms right now. This is ridiculous. Okay, so sure. yeah, curling brooms and technology. It seems everybody's in a tizzy. Okay, Valve did a VR survey. <laughs> Sounds a little more, like, interesting and impressive. But sure, curling. Random review, Andy. Even though Dave has not finished it yet. Nope, I read The Martian instead. Let's talk about Aftermath. Okay. One of the new Star Wars books. Spoilers? Probably, yeah. Go on. There's not really many spoilers. I read this book, yeah. and this is all new people that we don't really know about. They're, okay, so Wedge Antilles is in the book, but he's kind of in as like a bit role, and Admiral Akbar shows up as a bit part randomly. Okay. But these are all brand new people on a brand new world, and this is after the last movie, so the, the Empire's crumbling and the Resistance is... I, I just didn't get it. I, I I don't know if I was supposed to feel attached to these characters, but I didn't feel attached to them at all because they're just nobodies. It's well, like, oh, this are is they nobodies person. or are they people who are going to be like playing roles in the movie? I don't know. Because this is supposed to be setting up the movie, right? Like this yes. is post Battle of Endor. And this is supposedly part of the Journey to Star Wars Episode 7. It's actually supposed to be the first in a trilogy, so maybe these people are going to be feeling important, but right now it's like, okay, so this is just some random backwater world where random people are doing things. Yeah, but that backwater world, isn't that supposed to be like the world that the movie takes place on? I don't think so. Some sort of desert planet? It's more of like a... Um, I thought it was more of, because there were monsoon seasons and stuff, so I thought it was more of like a tropical planet. Ah, there's monsoons in the desert. I know it's kind of counterintuitive, but go to Tucson in the fall. Oh, I don't doubt it. So it's, uh, I just didn't care for these people, and the story didn't really go much of anywhere. It was okay, so the Empire's having a secret meeting, and okay. It's like, hey, here's some guys on a story. I'm like, you could have, you, you could remove the Star Wars aspects of this book and not really change anything. Yeah, I 
I mean, I've only read a few chapters, but even that, like right away, they throw so many random names and terms at you that just your brain filters out. Yeah. Not, okay. So that's even, did, did you hit the parts where they have like the little like vignettes on other worlds? Nope. Oh, every, every few chapters you get like a little like breather and you go to off to some other planet with other people that have absolutely nothing to do with the current story. And they have like a little chapter vignette about what's going on somewhere else in the galaxy. And then you pop back to this random world again. Yeah, don't care. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm like, okay, what does this have? I'm thinking the first time I read one of these, I'm like, oh, maybe this is kind of like a, like a long play where, okay, every once in a while we'll hop to this other story and then sooner or later they'll combine. But no, that's not the case. It's just some random world where people are doing random things. Has nothing to do with the current story. As I'm like, this is, what, what the f- is this? Uh, I did not like it. I was all excited thinking, oh yes, new Star Wars books. Yeah, woo! And then this is what I get. And I feel, I'm glad I didn't buy the book. We'll just say that. Mm. You didn't buy the book? No, Library. I got it. I got it from the library. I was literally like the first person I on the hold list for this thing where they nice. bought it. And then the next day it... It was, hey, your book's here. You can check it out now. The uh, the Star Wars trailer comes out this week, I think. Ooh. And tickets go on pre-sale. Yep. Heard about that. Hopefully you'll be able to get tickets for that. Yep. So yeah, the Aftermath book, yeah. If this is what's happened to the extended universe, I'm kind of sad. Well, maybe the, the books that follow will be better. True. Maybe the, because the, the, this is, like I said, part of a trilogy, so maybe the second and the third books are going to be better, hopefully. I mean, like the other stories that'll end up happening. Oh, so like the other novels, like Lost Stars or Smuggler's Run or that sort of stuff, or the short stories or the comic well, so, books? So the same way that there was Thrawn for the old universe, that yeah. there, will, there will actually be essentially third-party stories that get approved. I don't have much faith in the actual main canon story being that good. But maybe these other stories might be better. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, this novel, sorry, Dave, if you want to keep reading it, go right ahead, but... I will, eventually. Yeah, just plan for disappointment. Okay. Sorry. No problem. Once you do finish it, let me know if you were disappointed by it or not. Will do. All right. Random topic. Yes. Rolled ahead of time. Yes. What would you do, Dave, if one of your children married one of my children? Throw one hell of a wedding? (laughs) It would be pretty cool. Wouldn't have to worry about getting along with my kids' in-laws. Very true. Yeah, that whole in-law thing would probably be non-existent because it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Hey, it's you and... Yeah, Passover parties. Pa- oh my god, Passover would be amazing. <laughs> like, how often do you do you bring the parents from both sides over to Passover? Just like, it would be, it would be fantastic. Yeah, where are, the stuff's already set. Second Thanksgiving, already set. Yeah. I Like, really what it would just mean is I'd see you guys for Passover anyway, and I'd see you for probably normal Thanksgiving and second Thanksgiving. So, yeah, no. It, I don't see a problem here other than... You don't have kids and we don't have kids. Yes, that's that's the the that's a, we need kids first before this could happen and they actually would need to like each other. It's, it's not going to be like an arranged marriage. Like fall in love with each other. Yeah, an arranged marriage would be creepy. Which, which would involve them, you know, knowing each other or meeting each other and growing up. Have you ever seen uh The Fantastics? No, what's that? It's two men who who are both raising a child. So he's raising a daughter, the other guy's raising a son. And they want the kids to fall in love. And so they stage this huge family feud. They pretend to hate each other. And they, they forbid the kids from seeing each other, etc., etc. And so, of course, the kids fall in love. Oh, of course. 
but no, I have not seen that. But there's there's a lot more to it after oh, yeah. that. That's the beginning of the play. Uh, after that, things kind of go downhill. <laughs> Go figure. It's a play. Things have to go downhill first. Yep. Okay. Random. That was the random topic. Yeah, that was the, and the random review. would be great. Yeah, like I'd, I'd celebrate. I'd say congratulations. I mean, assuming that your kid is a, a good kid. And a, True. Assuming my kid is a good kid. True. Yeah, it would be awesome. Yeah, we'd get him for Christmas, though. It's just. <laughs> I I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> Can we come? <laughs> Dave would actually come to Christmas then. That'd be weird. All right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You've gotten the okay. Sounds good. Yeah, that's one of those random topics. Oh, what would you do? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Awesome. Like, sweet. That sounds cool. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, uh, you know, I mean, at that point, my, my old line about my friend circle. No, I'm not even going to say that on the show. Never mind. Um, yeah, it'd be awesome. I think I remember that line. But anyway, um, uh, <laughs> like, and awkward silence. Yeah. That's moving, moving on. That, that, well, we have nowhere else to go. So that's, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.